Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and even YouTube. You can also listen to our podcast on www.livebetterco.org. Have the best day ever. All right, welcome to the Live Better Show podcast. On here we have the man, Case Kenny. Case, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to connecting and reconnecting. So thank you. Yeah, this is great. You are an inspiration for us in a lot of different ways. And I don't even remember how, maybe the first time we got connected was through Cole. I'm not even quite sure. Um, But somehow I landed on your um, Pursue It email list. And then we sat down and had a chat. I realized how many awesome things you were doing and started following you further. And that has since developed into all things um, new mindset who dis. So maybe just go back to the start and talk about some of those like earlier projects um, all the way up through what you are currently working on. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah. I was trying to think back of when we connected. I think we, we grabbed the coffee like two years ago or so, maybe three years, something. Uh, certainly has been a while. So this is great. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I've, I've definitely evolved a lot. I think the short and, short and dirty version is in 2014, I started blogging. I was like, I I was working at an ad agency. I was like, I'm not feeling particularly creative despite working at an ad agency. I was like, I want to like get back to my roots and do something that's kind of fulfilling for me. And that's always been writing. I've always written in in one aspect, whether creatively or journalistically when I was in college. So 2014, I was like, I'm going to start writing again. And I started pursuit as just kind of an outlet. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start writing and started as a men's lifestyle blog nothing particularly interesting about it. And it didn't do well, uh, but I kept at it just being a stubborn dude. Um, Fast forward from 2014 to 2018 after, you know, kind of getting my feet wet in, um, you know, online marketing and, you know, growing a brand online. I was like, okay, I'm going to get serious about this. How do I actually make this uh, personal to me? And then also, you know, effective and scalable in the business realm. I was like, I'm, I'm going to actually write about things I care about. I don't care about men's fashion, particularly, at least not enough to write about it. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to pivot it. So I basically was like, all right, pursuit. I'm going to start writing about things that matter to me. Um, you know, uh, self-development, mindfulness, things that I'm into, things that are relevant for me. I think back in 2018, I had just gone through uh, like a breakup and I was like, man, like who, who am I right now? Um, so I started basically blogging about that and emailing about that. Just topics that were personal to me as a dude in Chicago who, you know, um, was introspective and, and cared about things like meditation and mindfulness. 
So I just started going for it. And then that blew up in about three months um, through a variety of means. It just it just blew up and, and did really well. So then I started really going hard on writing about mindfulness. Um, the email list blew up to about 200,000 people on it. Uh, and it was great. And then towards the middle of 2018, I was like, I'm really going to challenge myself. I don't want to just be a guy who sits and writes because that's not particularly challenging. Um, it's great and it's fulfilling and it's impactful, but I really want to take a next level. So in uh, May, June of 2018, I started a podcast called New Mindset Who Dis? Um, and that's where things really took off. Um, it started ranking top 100 on, on Apple Podcasts, um, you know, 2,000 five-star reviews very quickly. Um, I landed an agent real quick on it. I just started doing really, really, really well. Um, and so take fast forward from 2018 and now, and that's, that's kind of where I am with the podcast, new mindset, who this it's opened up a ton of doors for me. I started an entire e-commerce business around it. Um, I started collaborating with DJs, musicians, and producers to create what I call dance music, guided meditations. Um, so everything now is new mindset, who this in all senses of it. Um, and it's been, it's been great, man. It, it is crazy to one, see how much I've grown in the past couple of years, but also like expanded my vision for what I wanted to do. You know, 2014, I didn't really know. 2018, still didn't really know. 2019, okay, I'm getting the vibe here. And now it's like super clear what I'm doing, what my value is, what my passion is, how I, you know, make a living from this. Uh, and it's great. So that's the, that's the quick and dirty version of it, man. I hope that does it justice and is clear. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Give us like a little... Um synopsis of the way that you frame the idea of mindfulness, especially for, and we could like, we can keep this specific, uh, especially for men, younger guys, um, in the city. So like, how do you, how do you talk about the subject of mindfulness for our demographic in a big city? Obviously mindfulness is not only a trending topic, but becoming a part of people's lifestyles in many different, many different ways, meditation being one of those tools. Um, but frame kind of how you talk about mindfulness to our audience. Yeah. Uh, so I talk about it in what I call a very dude bro guy way. I call myself a dude bro guy because that's who I am. I like lifting heavy weights. I like house music. I like Chipotle. I'm a, I've, I'm a, used to go to the club a lot. I, I say things that are kind of I'm a bit of a tool, like it is what it is. That's who I am. I embrace it. You know, it'd it be like that. So I, I approach everything through that lens. I used to really struggle with the idea of mindfulness and self-development and self-improvement because I would read and it'd be like all these things that just didn't make sense to me. It'd be like, oh, it's you know, mindfulness is where you align your, your, your frequencies with the energy output. I'm like, what, what? Like, what does that, what does that mean? I'm so lost. Like all these things with energy and frequency and vibrations and all these, all these things that seemed a little bit esoteric to me and, um, and that I just really struggle with that. So my, like my definition of mindfulness is, is simply that of self-awareness and everything that I do, um, around topics of self-development and mindfulness and the products that I've developed have been around self-awareness. And self-awareness to the tune of asking yourself questions and being honest and vulnerable to answer them. So that that's all it is to me. And there's definitely different complexities and different ways that I, I could define it. But for me, all, all mindfulness is, is being honest with yourself. Because I feel like a lot of people aren't. Not 
not through not wanting to, but just not equipping themselves with the questions to ask themselves or the, you know, providing themselves the space to be honest with themselves. So that's, that's all it is to me. It's just, it's self-awareness. It's constantly diving into who you are, what you want, what you're doing, why you're doing it and so on and so forth. So to me, that's the simplest way. That's how I've really come to uh, understand it in the way that I do and appreciate it so I can practice it. What are some of those first couple of questions you would ask somebody, um, your, your stereotypical dude, bro guy, former fraternity, still lifting, still lifting heavyweight, still smashing a burrito after. What are some of those first couple of questions you introduce? Because I feel like the age barrier to starting to care about self-development and mindfulness is going younger and younger. Yeah. Um, but there still is a barrier for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I would, to answer that specifically, I would want to know like who I'm talking to and like kind of who they are. But I think the most broad question that I would encourage someone to ask themselves is a series of why questions. Why? You literally ask yourself why. So take whatever it is that's on your mind, whatever it is that's bothering you, whatever weight you're carrying, whatever other thing that is causing you to be anxious or whatever negative aspect, emotion that you're trying to address in your life. And I w- my recommendation is always to break it down with whys and continue and continue to ask yourself why until you get to some common denominator that offers you some kind of clarity. I found that one, I don't know if it's male, female, generational, just it is what it is. But I find that principally, we tend not to ask ourselves why. And if we do ask ourselves why, we stop at one why or two why. But I think you could, you could break down so many issues in your life by continuing to badger it with with why. I mean, it could be any scenario, dating, work, just general confidence, frustration. You know, you can badger yourself. You know, oh, I'm not feeling confident. Well, why? Well, because I don't like the way my body looks. Well, why? Well, because it doesn't look like this person. Well, why does that matter? Well, I think that's the ideal way. Well, why is that, you know, continuing to go down and down and down until you get to a point where you're like, oh, shoot, you know, I've been building these beliefs or these assumptions on a foundation that really doesn't hold any weight. And I can make that super clear to myself by doing this why exercise. So that's I like, I like to start with things like that. But um, yeah, I think generally that's, I mean, why obviously is the the biggest question when it comes to self-awareness, but it's, it's a powerful start. So I'd say that's probably a, a good kickoff point for a practice like that. When you reflect on that for yourself, I, there's a, a really good book that we give people and talk about a lot from Simon Sinek that's called Start With Why. And it's yep. really understanding your why. I mean, he, the guy's a great author, a, a really good uh, business professional coach and does a lot of cool things. When you think about that for yourself, what were some of the whys that got you to um, pursuing this this really cool um, avenue? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in my life, it's all been wise. Like, you know, I broke down every aspect of everything that I was doing. Like, why wasn't pursuit an effective business model? Well, it wasn't personal. Well, why wasn't it personal? Why well, wasn't writing for me? Well, why am I not writing for me? Well, it's because I don't think I could write for me and have an effective business model. So like breaking those things down there. And then like even like in in dating, like I am releasing this book in a month. And the whole idea of it is like, what is your dating? Why? Like, why are you dating? everyone's like, well, what are you talking about? Why are you dating? You date because that's what you do. Like, you're not meant to be alone. You're meant to form connection. I'm like, but that's not a deep enough why. Like, it has to be more personal. Like, I always kind of associate your your why in life 
obviously for me, my why is very outwardly um, serving. Like I am aware of the impact that my content and my voice has. But I think inherently your why should be a bit selfish. Like I always say, like I date to find someone who makes me a better man. You know, it's very cliche, but it is what it is. It's not how do I, you know, benefit them in my media why. So like I always try to boil down like and be realistic that as a human, like I'm always going to have some self-serving motivation with what I do. Like, I don't think it's possible to be completely agnostic with your life and virtuous and always outwardly serving. I think that should always be your motivation, but realistically it's not. So I always try to break it down of myself. It's me, 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 me. It is what it is. But let me break through that barrier of the things that are causing me to be unclear on that. And then once you find your personal why, whether it's dating or business or personal or whatever it may be, then I think you could really have breakthroughs as far as, okay, how can I turn that why around to be, you know, a man of character or, you know, an impactful X, Y, Z. So I take it in a lot of different directions. I mean, I've written so much on this. Like I, I sell a, a, a journal, a 60 day journal called the new mindset journal. And all it is is 60 days worth of questions that basically break, break, break you down in a good way um, by repeatedly asking why and what and how questions derived at kind of helping you get to that point where you have an overarching why or, um, you know, you've really broken through some of those assumptions that you've built uh, a life on. So going a lot of different directions with that answer. But, um, you know, I think there's so many different aspects of life where it's a powerful practice, whether it's dating or business or just personal contentment and fulfillment. But uh, it's, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's funny you touched on like energy before and feeling like esoteric about the 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 like vibing on a certain frequency. But I think the the best way that I always describe that when I'm trying to translate that for someone who doesn't understand, because I feel like Brett and I are just like very nicely in the middle of the like dude bro guy and the like full <laughs> yoga mindfulness world on the spiritual side. Um, do a lot of translating kind of back and forth for both audiences, um, which is kind of like our position. But I think to, you know, to bring what you said full circle, when you have asked yourself why so many times and selfishly have gotten to the root of what makes you tick, turning around and amplifying that uniqueness uh, for the good of others is the whole jam. Like that is that is the frequency like that is doing exactly what you're meant to be doing because you are full of actual physical and mental energy and other people pick up on that and other people vibe with that. And you just know, you, you know that this person is doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing and you can get on board with that. I think it's really easy for us to follow athletes who are doing that. Like LeBron James is clearly meant to be playing basketball. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is clearly meant to be playing soccer and you can, you, you get on board with just watching somebody do something that they are meant to be doing. And I think a lot of people have a crazy disconnect for that and they can't come to terms with it. And that's a lot of what we help people do on our like events and experiences and with coaching is inch closer and closer to doing what they're supposed to be doing in service of other people. Man. And yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it is, it's totally, yeah, it's totally easy to self-identify that as selfish, but Ryland, the guy who helps us uh, run our retreats always says 
like wellness is selfishly unselfish as long as you take that turnaround and put it to good use in service like that's what you are doing for other people and you should be happy doing that yeah dude that's that's so right i appreciate you saying that yeah i mean that's that that's a vibe right there i say that a lot my friends all make fun of me because i'm always like that's a vibe <laughs> but I mean, dude, that's like so yeah. so real i think one of the things that i always get like whenever I, I like working to like level myself up or I'm like talking to people who advise me or mentor me or, or whatever it is. A lot of times people are like, case, like, why don't, why don't you market yourself more as like an expert? They're like, you talk a lot in your books and your writing and your podcast that you don't know the answers and that, you know, you're not a guru and you're not this and that, like stop telling people what you're not and tell them what you are. And I, I still fundamentally disagree with that because to me, that's not being real. And I think the reason humbly why, my podcast is so popular and why people buy my books and my writing is because I really try to like, I keep it real. I always say that I don't know the answers. I'm just a dude talking about my perspective. And it so happens that I'm able to articulate my perspective in a way, in a way that's helpful. And that is real to me. I think the second that I turn on, I'm Case Kenny. I'm a dating, <laughs> I'm a relationship expert. I'm a wellness expert. I'm a whatever that I immediately lose that authenticity to me. So like, I, I see that so much, man. I like, I very much think I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I think when I vibe at the level I just referred to, as opposed to the, you know, expert professional level, I think it's so, so powerful for me. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. And, you know, as a marketer, I'm always tempted to want to be that guy who's like, I'm Case Kenny, mindfulness featured in Forbes and Entre like all that kind of stuff. But I've just proven time and time again, anytime I step into that space, it's it's not real. It's not right. It's definitely not a vibe, as I would say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel that I feel that hard for sure. Well, I think, too, you just pick the right medium like podcasts is just exactly what people are listening to right now is just long form conversation. And if you can show through that authenticity like you don't have to be a PhD in yeah. like performance psychology to effectively talk about mindfulness. You can draw on a lifetime of experience, which takes those theories and makes them real. Like you, you could have somebody from like high academia start talking about all these things. It goes straight over somebody's head. But when somebody distills it down to, it's like, Hey, just being a little more mindful makes your burrito taste better. It's like, it just is an easier, it's an easier consumption oh, yeah. of, of the information. I think people really, really appreciate that because they just want to hang out for a little bit of time and learn something. And if you're willing to say like, hey, I am learning all the time, I think people appreciate that. Yeah. And I've definitely noticed that. And it's cool though. I mean, the things I talk about are just from my perspective, uh, sharing my stories and my anecdotes. But I get people all the time who are like, hey, I'm a clinical psychologist or I run a you know rehab uh, facility. And they're like, everything you talked about is rooted in this principle and that principle and this and then they're like, are you familiar with so-and-so or this study? I'm like, no, not at all. I'm just talking about my stuff. But it's always cool to see it. It does ladder up to, you know, uh, professional terms and studies and and all the the uh, shiny stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just universal human truths portrayed in a way that are uh, that are that are true. So it, it's cool. to It's really, really cool to me to see it resonate like beyond. Like I, I never thought I would be a podcaster. Certainly never never ever anticipated that I thought I would be a writer in some capacity but so I, I love one I apparently I love to hear myself talk because I do it so often uh, but two I just I just love 
the process. And I feel like that I'm, it's so much easier to put, to portray emotion and vulnerability and, you know, different thoughts through podcasting. So it's, yeah. And, you know, podcasting, podcasting's a vibe now. So I'm in it. <laughs> um, when, when people, people want to start things all the time and they, they think about ideas in their head. I mean, and I always think a lot of it is actually chi- is rooted in like childhood intuition maybe like we all have had this idea of who we want to be where we want to go and then things get in the way or you get a good job and you think that's the right thing or for you you started writing and you're like this is what I'm going to do so I want to I want to ask you about how you started and like what are the steps you took from let's say from writing to podcasting to make that be a thing like what did you actually do to start. I think people need to understand that in starting and actually taking action is where we can become who we're meant to be. So what were some of the steps you took to like, I'm going to do this. This is what it's going to take. I'm going to begin this and go do it. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Certainly. I think the the short version was, the, I mean, the things that I did was, I mean, I, I definitely did not start off with the right mentality. I, so I always struggle with this idea of, I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur, like as a starting point. And I was like, but I also want to be a con. I want to be a, you know, a creator. I want to be a creator. I want to be an entrepreneur and a creator. And I really struggled with that because in my mind, and people might disagree with me, you can't start them concurrently. Like in my mind, you have to be a creator first and an entrepreneur second. But I built it the other way around. I was like, I want to be Case Kenny, entrepreneur, business owner, and the, the value is such and such, and I'm going to create such and such or whatever. And it just never really worked because I started, you know, pursuit. I started other companies and I was like, I'm the CEO of this company and I have these people working for me and I would lead with that. And I'm like, and we focus on, you know, men's lifestyle content and it just did not work. What started working was when I flipped it and I said, okay, dropping all the titles. I am not the CEO of a company. I don't have all these people working for me. My name is Case. Here's a picture of me. I write this email every single day because it's focused on these three things, mindfulness, whatever, and it's impactful and I think it's powerful. Oh, and also here's here's the way that I make money from this. And the second that I flipped it that way was when it blew up. The second that I put my face on it rather than hiding behind words like we and the team here at, like that was when I really came into my truth because it forced me to focus on the value, on the message, on the product first instead of the the title and the embellishment of having a business second. So that was like a big mindset branding shift, but it was so, so huge. Beyond that, I mean, yes, obviously, I, you, you got to take your first step. You got to write your first, you got to do your first. But from there, it is, in my opinion, it's about being incredibly stubborn, incredibly stubborn. I mean, I, since 2014, I have written an article every single, every single day, Monday through Friday. I've never missed a day. And that's through multiple you know, the things in my life that have gone wrong, you know, worldwide thing. I've never, ever missed a day. And that, that I think I owe, I'm just really stubborn, but two, it's just vision. So I think you put those hand in hand, the idea of, you know, being who you are rather than trying to portray who you want to be and then sticking to it and doing it for a long, long time. That's the recipe. But I think the biggest thing and the biggest breakthrough I had, and this is probably two years ago, you could see the evolution here is I've always had this 
mentality or this assumption rather that there was a right way to do things. There was a right way to build a business. There's a right way to become an impactful man. There's a right way to build wealth and so on and so forth. So I had this assumption that there was a right way, but I've broken that down so fundamentally that there, there is no right way to do things. And I've done podcasts about this, the fact that there's no right way to do things, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there is a right way. And I would get so in my head about things. I would see people in Forbes or building their business. And I'm like, I need to do it like that because that's the right way. And the second I broke free of that about two years ago, and I was like, you know, forget that. I'm going to be a dude who podcasts about these things, who mixes dance music and house music with mindfulness, things that are, you know, tangibly uh opposite of what you would think the right way is that's when things really blew up so long-winded answer but it was breaking free of the assumptions i thought i had about how to be successful or how to build what i want and then just being gung-ho stubborn about producing producing produ- i needed reps i needed at bats and you know six years of them put me here but it's really the last three years that have really put me here so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's totally. <laughs> the, uh, the one of the books that we always recommend is called "The War of Art" by Stephen Pressfield. If you haven't read that, um, it's essentially we figure out that we all have resistance and we all have things that hold us back from being consistent. And once we were able to get over that, break past that resistance, and create consistency, is when we can see if we're good at something if things are working and if we can make something out of anything. And that like to your, that's like your at bat example, right? Like you need a lot of at bats before you make it to the major leagues. And you also need a lot of strides before you can become a runner. It's like all of these things, like you can't do these things overnight. They take years and years of consistency. What are some of the ways, maybe it's like daily practices you have, or like, what do you do when you are like, today's a day where I just like, can't even think about what to write. And then you just do it. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes I'm a bit of a robot because I always want to. It's weird. Um, but that's not a helpful answer. So I'd say my answer is I, I think you've got to find a way to inspire yourself. And I'm not sure we're always looking in the right places. Like for me, this is very specific. But I'm, I am can be sitting on my couch and just feel total blah. Not, not motivated, not inspired. But I like if I go to Reddit, I'm sure you know Reddit. I get, it's so easy to get inspired because this is this huge community of anyone saying anything they want, submitting anything they want, videos, images, long form, short form, just this amazing community. And I think if you approach things with a mind of, you know, uh, not necessarily wanting to be inspired, but in like, you know, having an open mind to be that way, it, it'll happen. Like, I think if you, if you, if like you're tangibly always, if you're always trying to be open to being inspired, you're going to train yourself that way. So like, I'm always like getting ideas for content or just, you know, thought process or different mindful aspects just because I've trained my mind to be that way. Like, I'm just like a sponge with, I spend a lot of time online, obviously, and Reddit's a big part of that, but anything I see on TV or anywhere, it's talking to uh, with a friend, like I'm like, Oh, that would, that's something I could talk about. So I always have this like bank of things. So for me, it's not so much, you know, how do I motivate myself? Because I think that is a deeper conversation, but as far as like, you know, uh, being inspired to act on that motivation, I think that comes just from establishing a baseline and appetite for being inspired and then, and just building up a bank. 
it's like a checking account. You're always putting things in there and then you cash them out when you want. And I think if that's your approach towards your craft, you're going to do great. But if it's, if it's empty and then you fill it up and then empty it and fill it up, like that's a, that's a, I think a tough thing to be in. So like people always ask me like, you know, how do you always like how, first of all, how have you come up with 200 episodes in two years on self-development topics? Like how have you not run out of content? And it's like, well, it's, it's always something to talk about because I'm always keeping a list of questions I have about life or things that have happened to me that I want to, you know, that can help you or things that I've heard that I'd like to talk about. It's like, I always have this running Rolodex of things that I think are valuable. And that's because I've trained myself to always be looking. And I think that's a different vibe than not doing that, right? <laughs> the simplest way to think about it. So that, that's kind of how I am. I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more of a mindset than it is an action-oriented approach. Yeah, I like that. We, Brett and I have, I mean, I have so many random notebook pages just filled with questions and like, you know, article clippings and whatever else we can find. And we were just talking about that yesterday. Somebody asked us a question. They said, where do you guys find uh, material? Who, where do you find mentorship from? What are some resources you've learned from? And we just both kind of laughed like, there are millions of things and it's all day long. And until you are really trying to look like grow and learn, you don't understand how all of those things are affecting you all the time. So because you have a podcast platform and a business in which you can talk about all of the things that interest you about life and how to distill those down into something that might help you, like you, you, the, the whole world is your, inspiration from any topic, any teacher, any book, anything you watch, all interactions, all of your own personal experiences. And then those get distilled down into lessons or experiences that can be shared. And people follow you for that. When people are just not doing something they want to be doing and are going home and just not spending any time like working towards their future or building something, you know, some of that information is either a distraction or it's just white noise rather than sources of learning, sources of experience and sources of inspiration is a total mindset flip. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's super true. I mean, back to what we were just talking about, about the, you know, selfish quote element of things. I mean, I think you should approach inspiration from that angle. It's like, how can this help me? And then how can I turn it around and help other people? I mean, that's, that's what I always say. Like, Yes, now I'm at the stage with my podcast where it's, you know, it's got a lot of eyes on it. It's, you know, top 100. It's, it's this, that, and the other. And now, you know, I've built a business model around it. I'm acutely aware of what I need to do to continue that momentum. But it's always been, it's always been about me and it always will be. Like when I sit down to do the podcast and the topics I'm talking about, I do them for me to help give myself more clarity, to help dive into the issues I'm having, to help myself. That was how it started. That was why it started. And then realizing that, wow, other, so many other people can relate and it helps them. Like that's how it's evolved. But it's the same process with, with inspiration, right? Like I'm always looking for ways to help myself because I'm looking to improve myself. And I think approaching it through that lens rather than always, you know, it, this is going to sound like a weird comment, but not approaching it through the lens of how can this um, be well perceived by other people or serve other people first. I think that is the key to success because when things are personal, 
like you're grounded in it and, and it's long lasting inspiration and motivation. And that is how you turn it around and truly be impactful. But if you're one of those people who is, you know, oh, I want to share this because people are going to like it. It's like, you're not approaching it from, in my mind, from the right motivation. Like you've got to, you've got to fill your cup before you can fill others, right? The cliche answer. So yeah, just a little bit more uh, on that there. How do you combo going back to the, you know, the two things that you speak on a lot that you've written on, how do you combo or think about the intersection of mindfulness and pursuing dating, especially in a city where you could just hop on any app and mindlessly do whatever you want? Yeah. Oh boy. Um, well, there's a lot there. I think so. I I'm releasing this book and the tagline for it is, uh, it's, uh, well, the, the, the about is two steps. It's one, find your soul Two find your soulmate. I think, you know, and I've been there, I've done the whole dating app thing. Um, there's a huge disconnect between ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing. Like that's, that is the number one issue why people have issues on dating apps. It's like, there's, there's always going to be a disconnect between people necessarily, but there's also this disconnect between why you're doing what you're doing. Like people are like, oh, I'm just going to get on a dating app, you know, to have some fun. But like, why? People, and I've been extremely guilty here. People are not diving into their why. Why are you dating? Why? And I, I've written a lot about this and talked a lot about it. I don't think an answer of, I, I don't want to be alone or, you know, I want to share my life with someone or, um, you know, it's not normal or whatever. Like, I don't think that's a good enough why. I think it has to be so much more personal and more powerful than that. And I think once you figure that out, or at least you gain a little bit of clarity on it, that is when you start aligning and you remove that disconnect between your why and your what. And that, to me, that is mindfulness in dating. Like being mindful in dating doesn't mean, you know, you're some like self-righteous person and like you're just this amazing human and you're never gonna run into issues. Like dating's dating, there's always gonna be issues. But I think you when you ground yourself and call it mindfulness, that is grinding, grounding yourself in your why. Why are you dating? Why? If your answer is, I just want to screw around, then okay, that's your why. You should own that, you know? But if, you know, you obviously mature past that, you got to figure out what your why is. And it's got to be more than a, a cliche why. It's got to be personal. got to be a little bit selfish. And I think that, to me, that's that's mindfulness in dating. And obviously there's, there's more there. But uh, I think when you do that, you remove that, disconnect between yourself like your soul and your actions and that in turn obviously helps improve communication and and your interaction with someone else so that that's my take on it um and i think it would do a lot of people service to understand why are they doing what you, why are you doing what you're doing literally why just sit down talk about it real quick <laughs> one-on-one to yourself why are you why are you doing this and i think if you just push yourself a little bit you can gain a lot of clarity and I, you know, as a dude who's been on dating apps and, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, she's like, she's super hot. And then just flip that switch, like check, I learned to really check myself, but why, like, why does that matter? Like I could see it's red flag city over here with this girl, but I'm focused on this. Let's back it up case. Let's, let's go back to that. Why focus on your why. And I think that's such a big deal to me. And I think it should be a bigger deal to most people. And I, obviously as, as you get older and you're in your thirties, or, you know, 20s or however long it takes you to mature, you naturally do this. But I think if you're trying to be 
more fundamentally mindful when it comes to dating, it's, it's all going to be around that why, breaking it down. What is your why? And then how do you live that why with your actions? What do you think the, what do you think the future of, or what are you working new mindset who dis to be? So when you are, you know, you're on your dating journey, you have books. I know you have some awesome collaborations, which I would love to hear about. Like, where do you, do you just, um, as you're like aggregating these topics, as you're going through these experiences, you're like releasing your book and talking about these things. How do you think about the cadence of the podcast and your future and how you sort of put some of those projects together? We get a lot of questions on how do I, if I've got so many things going on at once, how do I either connect those projects together or how do I start to plan for the future in terms of building when I have this kind of like open-ended platform? Selfishly, it's a good question for us too, because we're always finding ways to link the yoga classes we teach with the retreats we run and the, the email we um, distribute and this podcast. So how do you think about um, new mindset, who dis as this like umbrella and, and looping all these projects in and like, what does the future of that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's literally how I approach it and what you just referenced. I mean, for me, like I have a goal and my goal is I want to be, you know, the, I mean, again, selfishly, I want to be the biggest, um, voice when it comes to practical mindfulness online and offline. That's my goal. And everything I do boils down to that practical mindfulness, whether that's practical mindfulness represented by just chatting for, you know, 20 minutes on my podcast, or whether it's practical mindfulness in the form of my books. My books aren't books. They're, they're workbooks. They're journals. I never want to create something that is passive and you just sit back and you consume it. I want active, lean forward participation because to me, that is practical. You're actually putting it to use. And then the music, like my whole thing was I've never, <laughs> I've never been good I've never been good at meditation. You know, I'm a little ADD. I get distracted easily. Um, it is what it is. I've just, and it could be just, I, I didn't, I'm not listening to the right people. I just never did the right things, but it is what it is. I just was never good at it. And I never, um, not good at it. I would say I was, I never found it to be effective for me, but I was like, you know what I, what I do really enjoy. And you know, when I really feel vulnerable and clear, it's when I listen to the right type of music, music that is repetitive and uplifting and melodic, I, that's a vibe for me. So I was like, why not combine that? To me, that's practical. That is a practical way to approach something that I know can be impactful, meditation, but do it in a way that's practical. So I like that's how I started these music and mindfulness mixes that I do, teaming up with DJs and house music, people that are producing bangers, <laughs> and you know, and then combining it with my voice and my perspective. And people love it because it's practical. It's not for everyone, certainly, but it's it's practical. So like, that's it for me. So like I create products and content and experiences, hopefully in the future around that idea. So like, I don't really so much struggle with stitching everything together because I'm very, very grounded in what my value is, which is that of practical mindfulness. And then I just listen to myself. Like I'm like, I'm Case, I love house music. I'm going to find a way to create something around that. And as long as it aligns with that practical mindfulness element, it's going to be a win for me. So I'm, I'm really going in uh, on that in the future. I've got some really, really cool uh, collabs lined up with some really big names, which is exciting. And then, you know, I'm a business person too. Like I think through everything, like everything levels up, like the next big name I get, 
is going to help me get the next bigger name and so on and so forth. And then soon it's going to be really scalable because it has a certain sense of authority to it that these big names are, are doing something that seems a little bit odd, seems, seems odd. Um, but yeah, to me, that, that's, that's all it is to me. It's how can I create value through this lens of practical mindfulness? And I could do that in any form. I would love to do something with events and in person. And obviously COVID is kind of throwing a wrench in that, but that's next on my agenda. And I just like to do things with a little bit of a tweak on it. I don't need to reinvent the wheel on things like my book, like, you know, I humbled to be selling a lot of them because it's not a book, it's a workbook. And it's, and it's different than what I think most people expect. And it's, it's practical in that sense. You don't just sit back and read it. You actually consume it and you live it. So long-winded answer, but that's, you know, everything in my mind is interconnected by this idea of practical mindfulness and how can I be true to myself and always just be a dude bro guy and never create something just to create something. It's always serving a larger purpose and it's personal. I think that a lot of that stems from just the fact that you realize that you have to put forward action to, to get things done. And I think I like the idea of the workbook versus the book and the passive versus active. And our entire motto at Live Better is to have the best day ever every single day. And that is an active choice. And people look at it sometimes and just laugh at it and be like, oh, that's impossible. It's like, no, if you decide to do it, if you set out on that journey and things pop up in the middle of the day and you say, okay, well, I'm going to change the way I thought I would feel about this and, and make it an active choice to say every single day is a step in the right direction. Every single day has purpose. You can really get to that headspace. And once you do that, like you mentioned, you can really just start to like pursue that why. So we'd love to ask everybody that, that comes on the show, if you could wake up tomorrow and let's say we're, we're COVID free, you can do anything, be anywhere. What does your best day ever look like? Mm. Man, uh, what does my best day ever look like? I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's more of the same. I know that it's like I am living my best days right now, all things considered. It's a weird thing to say considering the context, but it's, it's waking up, it's working out. It's eating some Chipotle, it's listening to amazing music, and it's using that music to inspire me, and it's sitting down and sharing that message with people. And then it's you know, having conversations with my listeners. Like one of my the things I love to do is is talk to my subscribers. Like I have a dedicated uh, phone number for them, and I text everyone who texts me back. And I have thousands of people who text me. It's it's really quite amazing, and I love doing that. So that that would certainly be be part of my day there and i would just add real quick to what you just said i love you know you said um you know it's a choice and going back to your initial question of what is mindfulness i mean mindfulness ultimately is a choice it really is and i think you you realize that you have more choices when you do that exercise of why when you're more self-aware and then you can give yourself two choices do i believe that the world is out to get me and uh, my back's against the wall or do i believe that there is opportunity do I believe that one door closed is one door closed or do I believe that one door closed is one door open, right? Do I believe that a bad day is a bad week or do I believe a bad day is a bad day and tomorrow's a good day, right? Just choices, options. That's all mindfulness is. It's realizing and unearthing those in a way that gives you that power of choice. So I just thought I'd add that because I love the way you said it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you're living out your best day ever. That is the goal, right? We want to get to that point. And uh, I think when we can really just reflect that we're already on that, it, it can be that you're, you know, working in, in Chicago or you're on the beach and it doesn't matter. Like you're doing it every day. And I think that's the most important thing and understanding that the process is the fun part. 
right? It, that's what makes it exciting is like putting in the work, writing the articles, connecting with your listeners. Like those are the things that make things work. Uh, and so that's just so great to hear where, obviously you talked a lot about different things, but where can people find, find out about you? Where can they find you on, on social? Where can they find your podcast um, so that people can start to dive into this? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's Instagram, case.kenny, and then new mindset, who dis, all one word, dot com uh, is the best best way to get any of my products. And the podcast, of course, is called New Mindset, Who Dis, and that is everywhere. So I appreciate the plug. Awesome. Yeah, well, Case, we th- thank you so much for, for spending time. Obviously, you're doing a lot of different things, so we know how valuable your time is. And this was this was great. I think it's super cool to hear um, in in. All, in all honesty, another male in this space doing something, being vulnerable, opening up, talking about things that um, are some might think are taboo, or some might not have the the thought to that that we need to speak about these things. And so, we just want to thank you for for opening up. And I also just want to say, from a business perspective, um, as I was researching everything you're doing and and where you're taking things, like props, man. You're doing a really good job. There's a lot of cool shit you're working on. And I like how you brand everything, what you're doing, the message you're putting across, the cadence in which you're doing things like you're doing really cool stuff. I appreciate that. That means a lot. I mean, I'm still learning and I've, I feel like I've found my stride. So it's a cool feeling, but also kudos right back to you guys. It's cool to, to chat with a couple of like-minded dudes who, who get it um, and who have the, have the same vibe. So we'll talk about vibes there, but I appreciate the time guys. Seriously. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Thanks, brother. Have the best day ever. Likewise.